Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Are there any accountants in the room? Dag on it. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I was hoping that wouldn't happen. That's okay. So after becoming, after deciding I didn't want to take over the family business because I couldn't work with dad, it's not that I didn't want to take it over. I'd actually, that'd be nice to take it over, but I can't work for my dad. Um, then I went to school, started out, and I wanted to be an accountant, and I was like, eh, that's not going to happen either. Then I decided I was going to be a mechanical engineer. We're going all over the place, right? Farmer uh, to an accountant. Now I'm back to a mechanical engineer, which has a little bit to do with the, the machine shop that my dad has. You know, you can deal with some mechanical engineering stuff in there. But I started working on a race car team because my family has been into racing for as long as I know. Late, late model stock, racing out at Caraway, going to Orange County, uh, Smyrna, wherever that is. I don't know. They drive up Myrtle Beach, everywhere. Everywhere where there's a late model stock car track, we will go and, and we will race, or we used to, not so much anymore. So I decided I wanted to be a mechanic, mechanical engineer, either go work for NASCAR or have a small local team like my family does. Um, so I did that at RCC for a year and a half. I was taking courses to be able to apply to be a mechanical engineer at NC State. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Just... Changed my mind, because why not? I've already changed it so many times. Let's just change it again. So I'm, I'm talking to my cousin out in his front yard one day, and I'm like, man, I don't know what I want to do. He's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, dude, I just told you I don't know what I want to do. So he's like, well, why don't you be a veterinarian? I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> we own a family farm, right? I could have been the veterinarian for the farm. I also love dogs and, and stuff like that, so... He was like, why don't you be a veterinarian? I was like, you know what, I'll do that. I'll be a veterinarian. So we go from farmer slash machine shop guy to an accountant to a mechanical engineer. Now we're, we're pre-veterinarian. So I apply to go to NC State. I get in, right? I'm smart, smart guy. I get into the pre-veterinarian program at NC State. I go there for a year, and I'm there, and I'm in the program. Like I'm not just an, an outsider looking in, wanting to be in the program. I get into the program. And I'm in the program for a year. Now, I finish out the year, and I register for classes for the next semester and everything. And I'm in, I'm in what, is, what is summer? What is beautiful, beautiful summer, right, for college students anyways, or any kind of student. I'm in summertime, and I'm working in a vet office. So I'm, like, fully committed to go back. My grades, eh, probably the worst semester of school I'd ever had. I was used to making really good grades. And not that I was making bad grades, but I wasn't making the grades I'm used to. And so I'm fully committed to go back to NC State. And then I take, uh, I take two weeks off, or no, just one week off to go back to summer camp to be a counselor at Victory Mountain. And there I received not my first, but my second calling into the ministry. And I decided, you know what, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to take it. 
And so I took it. And that's the reason I'm standing behind you this morning, or behind this pulpit this morning. And I think that kind of translates to the passage in Scripture that I want to come to this morning about using all your options until you finally are just like, all right, God, what do you want me to do? Trying to run out every single option in your mind that you can or every single option with your hands that you can before you finally just give up and you submit and you're like, all right, God, what is it that you want me to do? I tried to be a farmer. I tried to be a machine shop guy. I tried to be an accountant, a mechanical engineer, a veterinarian. I tried to run from God as many times and as, as many different ways as I thought possible. And, I, and, and yeah, I probably could have went on and lived a pretty good life, making good money and everything, but I would have never been fulfilled like I am right now. I tried to exhaust all the other options before I got to where God actually wanted me to be. If we take this to a, a different story or, or maybe a different illustration, you can think of it, um, go, let's travel back in time to when we were kids. Some of us have to travel farther than others, which is okay, right? You are playing in your house as a kid or a teenager. And all of a sudden, you put a hole in the drywall. Dad's going to be pissed. Dad's going to be ticked off. And so what do you do? You do everything you possibly can to cover up that hole and not let Dad know that you put a hole in the drywall. Whatever it looks like. If you get a piece of paper and you tape it on the wall and you try to match the shade with a Sharpie, I mean, you're going to make it even worse, right? Because that Sharpie is bound to get on the paint. You're going to repaint the whole wall. Or maybe, maybe, the, maybe the hole in the drywall is up far enough to where you can hang a picture over it. Or maybe it's down low enough to where you still hang a picture over it and it just looks really, really awkward. Because you got a picture on the wall down here at your knees. And Dad's like, what's that picture on the wall for? That's not where it's supposed to be. Don't worry about it, Dad. There's not a hole behind that picture. You can try everything. When, where the hole's at, you can try to, to get the pieces of drywall that, that hopefully are still hanging by the paper and put them back in there and glue it together, right? You can exhaust all your options you can, but eventually you're going to have to go to Dad and say, I put a hole in the drywall and I can't fix it. Dad, you got to fix it. And so, yeah, no, it's not a perfect illustration, but it does kind of translate. So I'm going to pray real quick and then we'll get into Scripture and we'll see what that looks like. Hopefully, this thing lets me scroll up and down. Because if not, we're going to be in trouble. That's okay. Let's see. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit that meets us here. That, that is involved in, in our lives every single day. Lord, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for your goodness. How you minister to us every single day. How you love us every single day. And Lord, we just pray that you would be with us during this time. Be with me as I give this word. Uh, Be with these people as they open up. God, be with them. Be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. As I open up this document again, because it did freeze, um, we'll read a part of Scripture. Y'all, this is a catastrophe. 
somebody. Let's see here. I hate this thing. God bless paper. Oh, man, it may not open up because I don't have Wi-Fi. Would that be an issue if I don't have Wi-Fi for this thing to open up? Does anybody know? Keisha, you know? Here we go, guys. I got it. All right. So if you have your Bibles, thank God. I was about to panic, guys. Let me just tell you, I was up here. I was praying and working on this thing at the same time. Like, why is this thing not scrolling? And then I exited out, and then it wouldn't open up. Woo, good God. (laughs) Woo, praise Jesus. Okay. All right. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we'll be looking at verses 24 to 34. And what happens is we're looking at the woman with the discharge of blood. And that comes in the middle, literally dead in the center of Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, Jairus' daughter, however you want to pronounce his name in Scripture. It comes right in the middle of that. This guy named Jairus comes and he's like, he's like, I need you to heal my kid. So Jesus goes with him. He's going to go heal the kid, right? And in the middle of that, there's a great crowd following him. And here's where we pick up the story in Scripture. Uh, Read with me. I'll be starting in chapter uh, 5, verse 24. And he went with him. Talking about Jairus. Jesus went with Jairus. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And I want to stop right there real quick you see we already have two big reasons for this woman not to get close to Jesus just in two verses we realize that there is a physical means of her not being able to get to Jesus and then an emotional or spiritual need that she cannot get to Jesus right we have two different reasons why she doesn't want to get close to Jesus or she has reasons because we oftentimes we come up with reasons why we can't read our Bible that day or why we didn't have time for praying right this woman has two separate reasons one's physical one spiritual why she doesn't necessarily have to get close to Jesus on that day one there's a great crowd thronging about Jesus there's a there's a physical crowd following Jesus and she could have easily let her her the crowd get in the way and say there's too many people surrounding Jesus maybe another time and oftentimes that's what that's what it is it's a it's a physical thing that keeps us from getting to Jesus because you're you're too tired right that that's physical you're too tired so you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to give Jesus the time that day because you get too tired if we look at the drywall illustration, right? Let's say you, you're, you're, you and your siblings were horse playing, you put a hole in the drywall, right? And what the older one, the more responsible one, hopefully, is like, all right, let's go tell dad. Or, or let's go tell mom. But the younger one, the devil child, right? Because the younger, the younger child is the devil child, right? And, and they're like, no, no, mom and dad are away right now. How about we cover it up? So the older child's like, let's tell mom and dad. The younger child's like, they're not here. That's the physical thing of getting in between fixing this drywall, right? And doing the right thing of telling mom and dad. They're not here. Let's try to fix it ourselves. 
They're physically not here. That's our problem. And so we oftentimes let things of, of physicality get in our way of getting close to Jesus. And then you have the emotional or spiritual thing that keeps you from getting close to Jesus. For this woman, it was a 12-year discharge of blood. 12 years. Could you imagine continuously bleeding for 12 years? Guys, let's just say you were bleeding out of your ears for 12 years. I don't know what would cause you to bleed out your ears, but let's say you're bleeding out your ears for 12 years. Women, you know the story. And so we have this, this bleeding. And Levitical law, Levitical law, what we read in Leviticus, labeled this woman as unclean. So for 12 years, 12 years, that's, that's half my life. That's, just, that's right at half my life. Well, I'm young. Yes, I am. For 12 years, she was labeled unclean. That means she was out of fellowship, out of normal fellowship with the community for 12 years. She was out of worship in the temple for 12 years. No community, not, not even really allowed to socialize with her family like a normal person would for 12 years. A total outcast to society for 12 years. Can you imagine the shame that can be built up in a person from being labeled unclean for 12 years? The shame would come and it would never stop. And eventually you would be totally wrapped up in nothing but what I would call a shame blanket. And so she is emotionally and spiritually drained and feeling unworthy of being able to go to Jesus for healing. There's one reason why. That's the second reason why she couldn't. And if you take it back to our drywall illustration, it could be emotionally, you're so scared of dad. Because I, be, I would be absolutely terrified of dad. And so, one is physical. There's a great crowd. The parents aren't home. Two, it's emotional or it's spiritual. She's bleeding. She's labeled unclean. Or you're, you know that dad's going to beat your tail. Right? So you're scared. You got one that's physical, one that's emotional. But can I just tell you, that there's nothing that should stand in the way of, getting, of you getting to Jesus. There's absolutely nothing that, could, that should stand in the way of you getting to Jesus, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever kind of oil you want to put on the end of a word. It doesn't matter what's in the way between you and Jesus. That bridge can be crossed because Jesus has made a way between you and God, right? And so... And so we, we move on because we want, we want to find out, like, does, does she actually get there? Yes, she does. Spoiler alert. You all know that anyway. So we're picking back up in Mark, in Mark verse 26, Mark 5, verse 26, um, talking about the woman with a discharge of blood. And who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. 
She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For, he said, for she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And so in this woman's story, she's used up every avenue of healing that she could possibly think of. Right? It says she's suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. She has gone down every avenue of healing that she could have possibly gone down, much like me going down many different career choices, much like the child with the drywall hole trying to fix it with, with markers, with glue, with paper, with pictures. You're go- she's, she's gone down every avenue of healing that she possibly could until finally she's exhausted them all and her only choice is Jesus. How beautiful of a last choice that is. Although it's her last choice, it is beautiful. She had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And I don't know how long it would take you to see a doctor from continuous bleeding, but it wouldn't take me more than a couple hours. I'm seeing that doctor right away. If I start bleeding out my ears for a couple hours, if I start bleeding out my ears for a minute, I'm going to see my doctor. We know where this woman was bleeding. That's not the same uh, for us men. But if I start bleeding out of my ears, you best believe, even if it were right now, sorry, I'm dipping. I'm going to the doctor. Uh, That's what's going to happen. And so Scripture says that she suffered and she spent all that she has. So let me give you a little bit of context into what it looks like for her to exhaust every avenue of healing. We have this book called The Talmud. And I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. T-A-L-M-U-D. Talmud. And what it is, is a collection of documents that expand upon Jewish life. That's, that's what it is. And, and, it, and it expands upon the Mishnah. The Mishnah is, it covers different things about Jewish culture and Jewish life. And so the Talmud expands upon those things. And so what it does is it covers everything from agriculture, sacred times, women and personal status, damages, holy things, and purity laws. And so this, this is the book that expands upon all of Jewish culture, all of Jewish life. And this book, the Talmud, it laid out 11 different ways to get rid of this disease. 11 different ways to get rid of this problem because it probably wasn't like a disease. It was just a problem that this woman has, right? And so there's 11 different ways. Some were medicinal substances and some were lotions. Other were nothing but straight superstitions. So you best believe that she spent all her money and, and all her resources that she's had to get every bit of medicine that she could possibly find, every bit of lotion or cream or, or whatever it is that they had back in the day that she could possibly get her hands on to heal herself of this bleeding. She did all that. She exhausted all that. She even went as far as to pay money to be told to do superstitions. And can I just read to you one of these superstitions out of the Talmud? It says this. This is one, one of them. Carrying the ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen rag in the summer and a cotton rag in the winter. Nobody finds that hysterical. Carrying the ashes of an ostrich egg in one specific rag, rag in the summer and another specific rag in the winter 
this really makes me want to go try to, to burn an egg. I didn't know you could get ashes off an egg. Does anybody know? Can you get ashes off an egg? Nobody? Nobody tried to burn an egg in here? Me neither. But we're going to try it this afternoon probably. Youth, youth tonight. You know what? We burning eggs up in there. All right? So that, that she, she's paying money. She's paying physicians to be told to carry around the ashes of an ostrich egg in, in one rag during this time and another rag during this time. She's paying money for that. But we know... Right? In verse 25, when she says, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well, that there is only one way that this woman is going to get healed, and it is through faith in Jesus Christ. There is only one way for you to be healed in this life completely. And, 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 and you may think, Jacob, you're wrong. I go to the doctor all the time, and I'm healed of everything. Um, there is only one way for you to be healed of the sin that's in your life, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way around it. There is no other way back to the Father. There is no doctor. There is no lawyer. There is no person out there who can get you back into right relationship with God other than Jesus Christ. And so we know that for this woman, the only way for her to experience true healing the only way for you to experience true healing from whatever it is that's hurt you is through faith in Jesus Christ. The only way for that drywall to get put back together and, and sealed up with, with putty, making sure all the, the, the screws are covered up with putty and painted over right is through Dad. The only way you can get back into relationship with the Father is through Jesus Christ. And what I think is so incredible about this woman is that she hears the reports of Jesus performing his miracles and her expectations now become, I can be made well. That's what she says. She says, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. The faith that this woman has is incredible. For 12, she, she struggled with this, this bleeding for 12 years and she hasn't been healed by any physician by any superstition, nothing. And then all of a sudden she just hears of this, of this man who, who's really only been known, we're in Mark 5. Okay, we're not that deep into Jesus' ministry at this point in time, right? So she's heard of this man who's performing miracles. She goes from 12 years of not being able to be healed, she goes from probably losing all hope, right? She's, she, there's no hope left. From 12 years, she's, she's spent all she's had. She's seen all the physicians in the area. That, that happened in the first six years, probably, right? So for the last six years, she's had nothing. Let's just, let's just say that. So she goes from that, all hope being lost, to hearing this man named Jesus, and all of a sudden she says, I can be made well. That's faith. That's hearing of Jesus and knowing that it doesn't matter what's happened to you in the past. Or, or what's been done to you in the past, or, or what kind of treatment you've received in the past, that's knowing that even when all that hasn't worked, there's still someone who can make it work. And that is Jesus. That is the hope that Jesus has to offer. After everything, when all of it fails, there's one person who won't, and that's Jesus. The hope of Jesus is the hope of being healed. The hope of Jesus 
is the blessing of those poor in spirit, the comforting, the comforting of those who mourn, the blessing of the meek, the satisfaction of those who thirst for righteousness, the mercy for those who are merciful, the blessing of those who are pure in heart, and the blessing of the peacemakers. That is the hope in Jesus, the blessing, the healing, the satisfaction, the mercy, the grace, the love, the heaven. That is the hope of Jesus. And so whatever sort of brokenness you bring to the table, the hope of Christ is it for it to be fixed. The ultimate hope of Jesus is the hope of heaven. And that's what Jesus has to offer. No matter how big the hole in the drywall is, Jesus can fix it for the sake of illustration. Right? No matter how big the hole in drywall is, Jesus can fix it. So, so we read on. We find out that this woman goes from, from all hope lost to hope gained because of one name, and that is Jesus. And so we read on, uh, starting in verse 30, we read, And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, which is incredible, by the way, because that just tells you that there's more than just, just hands that goes into Jesus' ministry. It is heart and soul that goes into Jesus' ministry. He could, physically it says, he can feel himself the power leave his body. His soul was in every healing, every miracle, every person that he touched, every sermon that he preached, everything. Jesus put his entire being, his entire body, his entire mind and heart into everything that he did. And so Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And what a silly question for Jesus to ask. At least that's what we think, right? What a silly question for Jesus to ask. I would have reacted the same way that the disciples did. He says, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? Jesus, are you kidding me? You see all these people behind you, and you're going to ask who touched you? Like, you, you got to be out of your mind to know who's going to touch you. And so we read on in verse 32, and he looked around to see who had done it. Verse 33. But the woman, knowing what happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And so the woman came in fear and trembling because she was about to be exposed. When you bring yourself to Jesus, you're bringing yourself into the light, and the light uncovers all things. She was about to proclaim to the entire crowd that thronged about Jesus that made it physically hard for her to get in there and touch just his garments. She was about to proclaim to that entire crowd what she had just done. And I don't know that we can fully comprehend what she had just done. Because we don't, we don't live in these times. But for one thing, she was out in public as an unclean woman. That did not happen, especially without her announcing her uncleanliness to the crowd before she was there 
She would have had to do that. That would have been something she had to do when going out into the streets, out into the town. She would have had to have been like, I'm unclean. Don't come near me. And we know that she would have never got to Jesus if she would have announced that before she touched his garments. There's no way then people would have let her get to Jesus. They'd have been like, no, get back. Now, Jesus wouldn't have cared, but the people would have. And so she's about, and, and especially knowing that she was about to admit to making Jesus unclean. She was going to tell the whole truth of making everybody that she got so close to and, and probably rubbed elbows with, and even tell Jesus, the person that this crowd is, is crowding about, around, that she had just made them unclean because she touched him. Anybody that she touches or gets so close to, breathes on, becomes unclean. She was about to admit to the celebrity of the time, right, Jesus. She was about to admit to him and all the people who were, who were protective over Jesus, right? Like they're wanting to, to be close to him, they're wanting to be with him, that she had just made all them or several of them and Jesus unclean. And so she comes in fear and trembling. But then Jesus addresses her after she has spilled the whole truth. She's, she's told him the whole truth. And Jesus says, daughter. Daughter. Because there's nothing at all that keeps us from the love of Jesus. Nothing at all. Romans 8 even says it. Paul writes, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angel, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, no uncleanliness, no shame, no past, no sin after repentance can keep us from the love of of Jesus Christ. And so the bleeding woman's expectation changed her situation. Jesus says, Your faith has made you well. And this just isn't your your average faith that doesn't expect. This is faith that expects because she says, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. She expected there to be a healing when she touched his garments. And so her expectant faith, her expectation changed her situation. Her faith in Jesus changed her situation because she knew that the power of Jesus was greater than any physician that she could have ever seen, any superstition she could have ever lived into. She knew that that power of Jesus was greater. And so looking back, let's, let's go back, let's take this back to our drywall instance. Um, we may expect dad to get mad, and maybe rightfully so, dad gets mad. Because, of course, horseplay should avoid the drywall. We love horseplay, but horseplay should avoid the drywall. Come on, let's be real. But we must, but we must remember that we're coming to Jesus with our problems. We're not coming to dad. We're coming to Jesus. He's, he's everything good about dad, plus more, plus the good, right? Um, we, we call him our father, and, and some of us in the room may have negative connotations of what a father is, but can I just tell you that, that he, he takes everything that is good 
in what we what we call a father and and multiplies it by a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and and then adds on top of that and that's what we mean by father when we say our father who art in heaven and so we must remember that we're not coming to dad we're coming to jesus with our problems with our mistakes even when we're at the end of our rope when we've exhausted all avenues of healing there's nothing that separates us from his love jesus of course, would rather be your first option. We can't, we can't hide that. Jesus wants to be your first option, but even when he's not your first option, even when he's your last option, he's still going to be glad that you're running to him. Jesus isn't going to be mad at you because you've exhausted everything. Jesus, Jesus didn't not call me to the ministry because I tried seven different other career choices. Once I finally decided to surrender and run toward him, he, he called me again. Once you decide to quit exhausting every other option and run to Jesus, you don't have to be ashamed because he was the, the fifth, the tenth, the fifteenth, the hundredth option that you've decided to choose. It doesn't matter. He's just glad you're running back to him. Let's take it from, from the prodigal son standpoint. He'll be standing there, arms wide open, waiting on you, to come back to him. Ben, you got another song, you can come up. Um, he's, he's waiting for you. No matter what it is, whether it's physical healing, whether you're in some kind of financial affliction, whether you have some sort of mental affliction because you're stressed out, you're anxious, whether you feel unworthy or just full of shame, and you've tried, you've tried a, a relationship, you've tried coping with it with, with bad things like alcohol or drugs. It doesn't matter what kind of avenues you've taken to try to, to, try to get that off your mind, that stress, that anxiety, that, that shame, that unworthiness. It doesn't matter what you've done to try to get rid of that. Eventually, you're going to have to run back to Jesus. And he's not going to be mad. He's going to be standing there like the prodigal son's dad, arms wide open, seeing you run across the field run out of all the bad things that you just squandered that you just done he's going to be standing there arms wide open waiting on you he's not mad he's ready he's ready to receive you because he loves you and his power is great heavenly father thank you so much for today thank you for the story of the hemorrhaging woman Lord and what we can what we can get from that how you love us how great your power is how even when you're our last option God you don't treat us like we're a last option Lord you love us like you did the first time you ever met us you meet us you meet us we meet you, we run away, we come back. God, that love is still the same. Lord, I pray that we would live into that love, that we would live into that mercy, that grace. Lord, that we would recognize it. And God, that we could praise it back to you, that we could give you glory for the mercy and the grace that you so freely give, give in so much abundance, God. Help us worship well during this time, God. I'm thankful to be able to speak to these people. 
Lord, be with us as we sing this last song and as we go from here with our families. We love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.